You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school oriented production of the Summit Church. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? Is anybody excited about tonight? Me either. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so as most of you know, I'm Whitney, Chris's wife. He talks about me a lot. Um, <laughs> but some of you may only know me because I come around during the messages a lot and tell you to be quiet. I promise you I'm not a mean person. I just, you know, kind of have to hold it down for the fort, you know? Um, so some things about me, since some of you guys might only know me that way. It's mainly the guys that I have to do that to. Um, but some things I like. I like roller coasters. And yeah. <laughs> you guys like roller coasters? I like roller coasters. I like junk food. Everybody with me? <laughs> All right, I like a lot of things. Um, also like scary movies. Cool. Some things I don't like. I don't like haunted trails. I like scary movies, but I don't like haunted trails. Is anybody with me on that? Michelle's with me. Waylon too? Okay, cool. Um, so now I don't feel as bad. So um, I also don't like talking in front of people. So, so you guys don't like that either? So what I'm doing tonight is talking in front of you. Cool? All right. Um, even better, we're talking about sex. So I want you guys to do something. It's going to be a little awkward, okay? We're going to get the awkwardness out. Is that cool? I want you to high-five the person next to you and say, let's talk about sex. All right. <laughs> I want to sing a song whenever I say that, but I'm not going to. I've been singing that all day, and Chris is like, stop singing that. All right. So I'm sure whenever you say that to the person next to you, you feel all sorts of emotions. I'm sure there's some people who feel um, curious. I'm sure there's some people who feel excited, some people who feel nervous, very awkward. This is super awkward. Like, when do you talk about sex in church, right? Um... Some people may feel guilty, some people may feel anxious, and some people may feel hurt. And the first thing that I want to say before we get into anything else, um, if you have been sexually abused in the past, or if you are currently being sexually abused right now um, from anybody in your relationship, at home, I want you to know that we have help. And do not be afraid to talk to somebody about it. Your small group leader, come find me. Um, we have a life care team here that's amazing, and they um, can help you. It is um, Total, totally confidential. Um, and so if you are struggling with that, I want you to know that God is not blaming you for someone else's sin. And this talk doesn't apply to you in the way that we are talking about it tonight. What I am going to be talking about tonight is the way that God views sex in our dating relationships. And honestly, I've been praying over you guys all day long because I pray that you guys can see some sort of Jesus through this and take something home tonight that's going to impact your lives and the way that you are dating in a relationship or maybe dating in a relationship in the future. Um, so my goal today is to, um, is to pray that you find the courage to live differently through Jesus, to live differently than the world says that we should live. Because let's be honest, the world right now that we live in and our culture that we live in says that sex really doesn't really matter. And there is sex in music. There's sex in the movies that you watch. There is sex in 
your Instagram, there's sex through Snapchat. And when I talk about, when I'm talking about sex in that way, I'm talking about even sexual activity, like um, being scandalous in your pictures or being, um, you know, a little bit more risky than you should be. Um, it's everywhere. And the world tells you that it's normal and the world tells you that it's something that um, doesn't really matter. And so I have a story from when me and Chris first started dating. Um, so when me and Chris first started dating, we had both been in relationships where we weren't really honoring God with our relationship. And we were very tired of that, very hurt from that. Um, and so when we met each other, we um, decided that we wanted to have a relationship that was going to honor God in every aspect. And that's hard to do. Um, and so one day, we were sitting in Chris's basement with um, one of his friends named Hunter. And Hunter starts talking to us about his dad's new girlfriend. And he starts talking and he says, my dad is dating this woman and they're pretty serious. But it's really weird because they said they wanted to wait until they were married to have sex. And me and Chris kind of looked at each other and chuckled because we weren't like broadcasting that we weren't having sex before we were married. Um, so nobody really knew that we had made that choice. Um, but we started chuckling towards each other and he kind of like looked confused. And Chris said, we have decided to do that also. Um, and he said, dude, that's like from the 1700s. <laughs> like, people don't do that anymore. And it's funny. We started laughing because the point that he was trying to make is that, or he probably wasn't trying to make this point, but the point that he made to me is that sex and sexual activity seems like such a casual part of our world. Am I right? Like, you guys see it everywhere, and it is absolutely crazy, and it's so much to the point that, like I said before, sex doesn't really even seem like it matters, um, and that is so, so sad because I feel like that the reason people talk about it being so casual, um, maybe sometimes people are trying to prove something. Um, maybe sometimes people feel like that they seem more grown up if they talk about it because I know that people talk about it at your school. Um, maybe sometimes people are just curious about it. And kind of like all the emotions that I named earlier, you know, people talk about sex in different ways, not just straight out physical sex, but make jokes and say things like that because they feel a certain way. Um, and so the point is, is that I think a lot of the times you guys hear that sex is bad. And I know I always grew up thinking that like having sex was bad. And that is so far from the truth because sex is such a good thing and God made us as sexual beings. Like me and Chris talked about before on stage, if you guys were here for the parent night, um, sex, God made us as sexual beings. So he gave us the desire to want to have sex. It's not a bad thing, but he gave us the desire to have sex in the confines of marriage as a man and a woman. And so when we use it outside of that context, that's when it's going to hurt us. It's kind of like using a fork to eat soup. Like, you don't eat soup with a fork because that's not what a fork was made for. Like, you don't, you know, you eat soup with a spoon, right? And so whenever you use sex outside of how God intended it to be used, you're going to feel some things from that. And it's not as good whenever you, um, just like a fork, it doesn't work as good whenever you use it outside of that context. Um... When you um, use 
sex. And I'm like, I have my notes up here. Like, Chris is like a superhero, and he doesn't really need notes. I don't really know how he does it, but I have my notes up here. So you might see me, like, keep looking down, but it's because I'm not a superhero, and I just, you know, I like to know that my notes have got me. Um, so sex is not as simple as the world says it is. And I think that is so major in your culture right now because you guys just see it everywhere. And you have no reason to believe that it should be used any differently than in everyday life. And I've seen your girls, so I see it a lot with them, and especially in high school. For middle school, it might not be as um, prominent for you right now, but it's gonna be. And I think that we would all be surprised. I used to have a sixth grade group, and I think you guys are like all freshmen now. But like, even when y'all were in sixth grade, there was a lot of talk about sex after we had the sex talk. And that surprised me because being in sixth grade, I didn't ever hear things like that. Um, I never was pressured with that when I was in sixth grade. And so I think middle school is just as important for you guys to know that having sex before marriage and getting into that future data relationship, you're gonna be pressured with things, but it can really, really hurt you in a way that um, can't be you know, erased. Um, so a dear, dear friend of mine, Miss Elaine, I don't know where she's at. Oh, she's back there. She told me last year, I think I used this example last year, but it stuck with me, and I feel like it would stick with you. When you have sex with somebody, you have your, your spirit intertwines with the other person, so you kind of become one with that person in spirit. And it would almost be like you carrying them around like in a book bag on your back. Like they're always going to be with you. And then you break up. It sucks. You move on and you decide to have sex with that person. So you put another bag on your back. And eventually, you have all this luggage. And one day, you're gonna find a husband, and you're gonna move into his house, and your husband is gonna move into your house. You guys are gonna live together, and you guys are gonna have to unpack this luggage that you have carrying around with you. And I promise you, and I can tell you that it is not a fun thing to do because you're walking into your forever home with your forever husband with all this stuff that you decided to do when you were younger. And when you get older and you have to unpack all this stuff, it hurts and it brings up old emotions and it brings up jealousy and it brings up comparison. And sex is so physical and it's mental and it's emotional and it's spiritual. It's mainly spiritual, um, but sex is also forever. And so if you make that decision now, and if you've made that decision, you're okay. You are, but you're just going to have to deal with some things that come from that because it is the one thing that you can do with somebody physically that is going to stick with you forever. Um, so I want to real quick see what the Bible says about this. Um, so we're going to talk about a guy named Paul. And this guy named Paul, he was one of the main leaders in the early Christian church. Um, and Paul was writing to a group of people in a town called Corinth. And Paul was writing to these people because the Corinthians lived in a culture that was much like ours today. They lived in a culture where sex was treated like it didn't really matter. So people were freely having sex, not married, married, you know, girl, girl, guy, girl, everything that you can think of. People were abusing sex how God gave it to us. Um, or unlike how God gave it to us. And so Paul was writing to them to try to encourage them to live a little bit differently than what their, or a lot differently than what their culture was telling them to live like. Um, so what Paul says in 1 Corinthians six eighteen, Paul says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. 
So I find it very interesting, and I'm going to read a little bit more from, that, um, from this section in just a minute, um, but I want to break this down a little bit. I find it interesting that Paul says run from sexual sin. Um, he doesn't say walk. He doesn't say um, beware. He doesn't say um, try to avoid. He doesn't say jog. He says run. And when I think about running in my head, I think about, like, when I'm running, kind of like how I don't like haunted houses, like, I would run through that because, like, it would terrify me. Um, I would run from a roaring tiger. I would run from, um, I don't know, a mean dog. I'd run from a snake. I'd run from a storm. I'd run from a tornado. I'd run from a lot of things that I know could cause danger to me. Um, do you guys agree with that? Like, you'd run from things that you know are going to hurt you. Um, and so Paul is telling us here to run from sexual sin. And sexual sin is anything that approaches sex in a way differently than what God intends. Um, so anything, not just the physical act of sex. Um, it includes your thoughts, guys. Um, so, like, I know this is kind of, like, gross. Like, it feels, like, grossed out. But, like, watching pornography, like, that's tough stuff. That is, your thoughts are leading you towards sexual sin. And that is the kind of stuff that Paul is talking about um, when he says run from sexual sin. Um, and he also says that no other sin, I'm going to go to the Bible app really quick. He says no other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. And the reason that no other sin affects the body like this is because your soul is intertwined. Sex is like glue for your soul. And your soul is intertwined with that person after you do that and after you decide to make that decision to have sex with them before you're married. Um, and so I need two volunteers. And I want two high schoolers. Okay, McKenna and Kaylee, come here. Actually, Kaylee, I'm going to get Alina right here. I'm sorry. Kaylee's a leader, but she's also like... Kind of a high schooler too, so yeah. Just graduated. Woohoo! Celebrate. All right, you guys come up here real quick. Can you hold this mic? So I have some gorilla tape right here, okay? This is like super duper duper duct tape. And it could probably hold a lot of things together. I'm not really sure. I haven't tested it out, but we're going to test it out right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to get Alina to hold this mic real quick, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut off two pieces of duct tape for these girls, okay? And then I'm going to explain what they have to do with it. All right, now before you do anything with the duct tape, I want you to hear what you have to do, okay? So don't do anything yet. I'm going to tell you the rules of this game. All right, so pull your hair out of your face. All right, and what you guys are going to do is you're going to stick the duct tape on each other's eyebrows. <laughs> hold on, just listen. And then you're going to rip it off on three. Okay? McKenna said, will it take off my eyebrows? Yes, it will. Are we really about to do this? So, but you have a choice that you can make. You can, you can do it, or you can say, I don't want to do it. Okay, McKenna <laughs> says she doesn't want to do it. Alina? You want your eyebrows ripped off? <laughs> All right, they don't want to do it, okay? So let me explain something to you. You guys can sit down, and I so appreciate you coming up here, and I'm not going to tear your eyebrows off. My point is, they said they don't want to do it because they knew it would hurt, first of all. McKenna was only concerned about her eyebrows. <laughs> but you knew it would hurt too, right? Okay. So what's the difference when we decide that we are going to do something to our bodies that's going to hurt us? 
It's going to hurt us for life. Your hair, your eyebrows will grow back. But you can't get back what you give to somebody when you decide to have sex with them. You don't get that back. Your eyebrows will grow back. Your hair will grow back. But when you decide to have sex with somebody, you don't get that back. Um, you never get that back. They have a piece of you forever, and you have a piece of them forever. Um, and that is tough stuff, and it hurts. And I think that the main thing to remember when you are making decisions in your relationship is if it's going to hurt me, and if God is telling me that it's going to hurt me, then why in the world would I do it? And you might be wondering, like, I heard one, of, one, one time I was talking to somebody about this, and she said, I'm only 16, so how would I remember this whenever I'm 25 and get married? Why would it affect me then? The reason that it affects you, and some people are going to learn the hard way. You might not want to take my advice for it because it's easier to give in to what the devil's telling you to do. And sometimes it's easier to give in to that temptation. But being strong in the Lord is what you really, really need to do. And just learn from people around you who have done that. Learn from me that you don't want to do that to your body when you get married because it's going to stick with you. It's going to be there with you forever. That eyebrow hair would be on this forever. Like, I mean, I guess you could try to peel it off, but this is like gorilla tape. Like, it's not coming off, you know? Um, and so um, I, I, want you, I want to encourage you to run from things that um, encourage you to treat sex like that it doesn't matter in this world. I want to encourage you to run from the things that are, um, that are pushing you to make those decisions that God is telling us not to make. Um, I want to read the rest of the... Um, verse that I was just talking about in 1 Corinthians. Um, so the rest of the verse says, oh, i got to get rid of these pictures of virus. Um, she had pigtails today. She was so cute. Um, <laughs> the rest of the verse says, um, so for sexual immorality, it's a sin against your own body. Um, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? That means that your body is like a house for the Holy Spirit. So when your parents bought a house and leaders when you bought a house um, you bought a house and you have it inspected and you make sure that it is something that's going to stand firm through storms it's going to stand firm through um, anything um, to protect your family and that's because you guys are so you're cherished and you are so important and your family wants to protect you and so when you buy a house me and Chris just bought a house and you have to go through all this stuff to make sure that your house is safe for you to live in our body is the same exact way for the Holy Spirit. And if we're misusing our bodies for things that God is telling us not to do, then we are, um, we're not only hurting ourselves, but we're breaking God's heart also. Um, and so how can we want something so bad in this life? It's kind of like working out. Like how can you want something so bad for the future? Like you guys all want to live your best life, right? Like, you don't want a mediocre life. You don't want a life that kind of, like, halfway matters. You want to live your best life. So why would we not do things now that are going to give us the best life in the future? It's kind of like working out. If I want to lose my mom bod, then i got to stop eating Krispy Kreme donuts, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you can't do something now and expect to get a different result in the future if you're not, you know, making those choices right now. And so I want to encourage you to... Do some things that are going to help you in the future with your relationships. And I'm also going to talk in a minute 
if you've already made these decisions in your relationship, we're going to talk about that in a minute because I know that there's probably some people in here who have made that decision in their relationship and you're, you're good, like you're okay. Um, but first, let's talk about how we can kind of live differently than the world tells us to live. So the first thing we can do, Peter's already, I mean, Paul has already told us in the Bible is to run. And I put on here to run from the world's view. So run from things that are going to get you in trouble. And I've already told you like Instagram, Snapchat, but if you're in a relationship right now that is pushing the limits and you are not honoring God in your relationship, you have to make choices to change that about your relationship. You have to either make a choice together to stop doing the things that you're doing that are hurting yourselves, or you have to make a choice to kind of maybe not date that person. Um, let me say something. If he is not bringing out the best in you, then he is not the best for you. Can I say that again? If he is not bringing out the best in you, then he is not the best for you. And that is not like a um, question. That is not a suggestion. That is a fact. And God is telling us that in the Bible. Maybe not as directly as I just said it, but he is telling us that because you need somebody that's going to bring out the best in you. And I have three questions. If you're kind of wondering, like, how do I know if it brings out the best in me? Okay, well, I've been in relationships where he has not brought the best out in me. I'm also in a marriage where he brings out the absolute best in me uh, and pushes me to be better. Um, so questions that I've asked myself before because I've had to do this and I've had to be in your shoes before. And I want you guys, write this down, text it to yourself, put it in your notes. I don't care what you do. I don't have a slide for it, so you can't take a picture of it. But ask yourself these questions if you're in a relationship where, or maybe in the future you might be in a relationship. Does he challenge me? So does he push me to do things that are out of my comfort zone, like get me to talk up on stage? Um, does he encourage me? You need to feel constant encouragement um, to be a better person and to be a better version of you. Um, and not encourage you to be a better version of you by doing things with him that um, are pushing the limits of what God says we should be doing. And you guys, too, don't push your boyfriends to do things that you shouldn't be doing because it's not just guys pushing you. Um, it can be us sometimes pushing guys. Um, does he bring you closer to God? If your answer to any of those is no, then I highly, highly, highly suggest that you start praying for some sort of change in your life or your relationship. Um, the second thing that um, I want to encourage you to do is to pray for your heart. Because guys, the reality is we live in a broken, fallen world. And our world is so far from how we should be living through God's word. Um, and God knows that. It's not a surprise to him. But the point is, is that you have to pray. And you have to pray for yourself. And you have to pray for your future husband like we talked about up here before. Um, pray for your heart. And let me tell you something. I've been in a place before where I was praying to God to take things from me that I didn't want taken from me. I was praying to God that I knew I was in a place where I was a little bit miserable. And I was asking him to change my heart, change my desires, what I wanted inside of my heart even though I didn't want to change. So if you're in a place where you don't want to change and you don't really care about changing, pray anyways that God will change your heart because God ultimately knows what's best for us. And his will is so much greater than our will. And you can only see that if you decide to surrender to him and to give up everything to him. Um, and so pray for your heart and pray for your future husband's heart and your boyfriend's heart. Pray for that. Um, the third thing is, is to talk to someone. 
Now, we all know talking about sex is pretty awkward, but me and my girls have gotten really good at it. Like, it's pretty open. Um, it doesn't have to be awkward. You know, talk about it in a way that, like, bring your mistakes to the table. Bring your questions to the table. Bring your curiosity to the table. Because we have leaders here in place for you guys to, to talk to you about this. Um, and sometimes we don't know the answers. And so we have a Bible that tells us. Um, we have other sources. A lot of the times I have to ask Chris things that my girls will ask me, like, I don't know, let me check because I'm really not sure um, the answer to that. So be open and honest with your group leader. Come to me and ask me questions if you have any, but we have your small group leaders in place for them to talk to you about this. But another thing, talk to your friends about this because in reality, your friends are going to be the ones that hold you accountable. You, are, you, you know and you expect to hear from us, don't have sex till you're married. You expect to hear from your parents, don't have sex till you get married, or ever, if it's your dad. Like, you know, <laughs> like Iris and Everly are doomed. Um, but talk to your friends about this, because holding each other accountable makes you, like, look maybe less cool if you decide you're not going to have sex till you're married. Um, there is power in numbers. And so whenever you guys get a group of people who are going to decide, like, I'm going to live this way, and I'm going to do this, and I want you to hold me accountable for this, and I want to tell you openly that this is how I want to live, so you can hold me accountable, and you can tell me, like, hey, you're doing a little bit too much. Um, tell your friends about it. We're here for you, but talk to your friends about it and decide that maybe it is the cool thing to do to live a little bit differently than how the world tells us to live. Um, so those three, th those three things are the most important. And if you want to take a picture of this so you can remember it, like, go for it. Um, or if you want to, I don't know, text me or DM the Instagram, like, cool, I'll answer you back. Um, so now, if you've already made the choice um, and you've already had sex with your boyfriend or you've had sex with an ex-boyfriend or you um, feel any kind of guilt or shame from that, the coolest thing ever is that God's grace covers all of our sins. God's grace completely erases the things that we have done. Now, you still feel it in your heart. You still feel um, a little bit of that connection. Um, but you have a heavenly father who loves you. That last song said it. He is madly in love with you. You can't do anything to make him mad. We always talk about, and I think I always talk about this. Like, Iris, when she was learning to walk, like, when she was walking towards me and she would fall, like, I didn't get mad at her. I didn't tell her, like dude, what's wrong with you? Like, get up. You know, I was like cheering her on, like, come on, like, come back to me. Keep on coming. That is how God is. And that is the most beautifully painted picture. And actually, Jonathan, our lead pastor here, he used that in one of his messages. And I will never, ever forget that. God is not mad at you for making decisions that are going to hurt yourself. God just tells us not to do it because he doesn't want us to feel that hurt and that shame after we have done that. Because I promise you, sex is a very short-term decision that gives you long, long, long-term consequences um, forever. Um, and so if you've already made that decision, just know that if there's a time to change, do it now. And if there's anything that you can take away from this, just know that now is not too late to change the things that you are doing in your relationship um, and to change the lifestyle that you're living or maybe that you want because God did give us those sexual desires. So don't forget that God gave us that. Um, just wait. It's not like you can never do it. Just wait until, you know, you're married when God says it's okay and it's going to be the most beautiful thing in the entire world. Um, so I know it's hard um, and this, talking about this is hard, but 
at least you guys should get to sit there and listen. I have to do all the talking. But um, living in this world makes it so hard. And when everybody around you is doing it at school, you guys are just the ones that are here. The majority of people are out at your schools and they're doing and talking about this so casually that it's hard for you to make other decisions that are going to be differently than how your friends live or how the world sees sex and sexual activity. Um, but I can promise you that when you do decide to live a life that's different from what the world says, we can trust and you can trust that God has what's best in store for you. God's best is in store for you when you decide to trust him with your life and you decide to live in a way that he says we should live. Um, I have a quick story, and then we're going to be done. We're going to pray. Um, so um, most of you probably know this, or maybe a lot of you know this, but I, um, before I met Chris, I was engaged to someone. And I had been engaged to this person for about, I had been engaged for about a year, but I had been dating this person for about six or seven years. Um, we were best friends since we were little. Um, everything was just picture perfect. Like our wedding was going to have our little baby pictures, like whatever. It all sounded perfect. And about three months before our wedding, I started having, and it was kind of mutual, like we started having these feelings that like we weren't honoring God in our relationship. Like we didn't feel like that God was really, you know, blessing our relationship. Um, I was kind of like coming to know Christ a lot more. I didn't really care that much before. I was, I was saved, but like what is saved, you know, like... I wasn't really living like a Christian and like I should be living. And P.S., if you're not, if you're in that place where you're not really sure about Jesus, like, this still applies to you. This doesn't just apply to Christians because everybody at some point is going to have sex. And it's going to hurt whenever you break up and it's going to hurt when you rip off that bandage and you're, like, done with that relationship. You're going to feel that hurt. It doesn't matter if you follow Jesus or not. I'm just letting you know what God is saying about it. But we were in a place where, like, we weren't really sure if getting married was the best thing to do. Um, and so um, I remember um, searching. I was desperate. And I was like, how do I know if God wants me to do this? Like, how do I know? And so I saw someone. I, I saw advice in someone who was my age and someone who kind of was a little bit wiser than me um, and always gave me really, really good advice. And I just said, like, how do I know if I'm doing the right thing by not getting married to this person? Um, and she showed me this picture. And this picture, I will never, ever, ever forget. This picture is of a little girl, and she's holding, and I, I told you guys this last year too, but I will forever use this picture. This picture is of a little girl holding a teddy bear, and she says, but God, I love it. Um, I loved my relationship. I clung to it. It was, I depended on it for my happiness. I was comfortable there. I knew that. I didn't want to start over with that again. I didn't want to start over with a new relationship. But when I started to talk to people and to seek advice for people, from people, and then this girl showed me this photo, it was so clear to me that God had something so much better in store for me and so much bigger in store for me. And it wasn't that this relationship wasn't good. He just didn't bring out the best version of me that I knew was inside of me somewhere. I had those what-ifs. And you shouldn't have that if you're going to get married. Um, and so this picture right here, God's saying, just trust me. Because when you decide to hand over this little thing that you're holding on to, God's over here like, he's over here like holding this huge thing behind his back for you and this huge blessing, and it's way better than a big old teddy bear. But he can't give this to you if you're still over here clinging to this little tiny thing that you think 
And our human minds think is best for us. He can't give you this big blessing that he has behind his back if you're holding on to this. And so I want you guys to remember this. Take a picture of this. I know I've told you to take a picture of like every slide, but this is so important and this is so cool. And if you need this, I'll text it to you. If you don't get a picture of it or if you don't have a phone, um, this is the best thing ever because when you're scared to make a decision, when you're scared to step out of a relationship that you just aren't really sure about, Remember this, that God's got your back. And when we trust God with our relationships, like I said before, when we trust God with our relationships, when we open our arms and we say, God, I know you've got me. I don't know what you've got for me, but I know that you've got me. He's going to give you what's behind his back. And he's going to give you something that you never even imagined. And you know why I know that? Because he did it to me. When I met Chris, I met the most amazing person who brings out the best in me yeah we're not perfect we fight and I'm a little bit more like rude sometimes than I should be because I'm a little stubborn Chris is not at all he's like the sweetest person in the entire world but we matched and we God gave me this thing and it's like it's like a gift like when God gave me him I wanted to like hug him but I can't hug God And so what I did and what we decided to do to thank God for bringing us to each other after the hardships we have been through was to honor God with our relationship because what better thing can you do for God than to do what he tells you to do and obey his commands. And so whenever you feel like you just want to give God like a big bear hug for giving you this huge thing that he had behind your back when you finally decide to surrender to him, surrender your whole life to him, you honor him with your life. Um, and part of that is honoring him in your relationships. Um, and so I want to pray for you guys. Um, and I want you to know that if you guys have any questions or if there's anything that I didn't talk about, um, ask your small group leaders, but you guys can come and ask me after the message too, or after the small groups. Um, I want you guys to know that we're here for you. We are for you. We are praying for you. We pray for you all the time. Um, but most importantly, we just want you to know and step away with um, how much God loves you. He loves you fearlessly. And his love for you covers everything that you've done, everything you're going to do, everything you're doing. And you, there's no better time than right now to change and live differently than how the world says that we're going to live. Is that cool? We can try to do that. It's hard, but we can do it. I want to pray for you guys. God, thank you so much for each and every girl in this room. I could not be more thankful that you have given me the opportunity to stand up here and try to talk to them about something that is so sticky and messy to talk about. Um, I pray for encouragement in these girls. Pray for encouragement in myself. I pray that you can go into the hearts of these girls and you can open their eyes to what you have in store for them and to help them to see that what you have in store for them in their future is so much bigger than what we can ever imagine having in our lives. Um, It's bigger than what we currently have in our lives. Um, I pray that you can help each one of these girls to make good decisions in their relationships. I pray that you can help each one of these girls to stand up for themselves whenever someone tries to tempt them to do something, and when, mainly when, when the enemy comes to tempt us, because he does that. He comes to steal our joy, and this is one of the biggest ways he does it. Um, God, I pray over these girls. I pray for your blessing in their lives, and I pray that if anyone is struggling with anything, that they can find the courage to come and talk to somebody and find this advice. Um, God, I pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.